60 Minutes to Fall in Love with Sarah Geiger. I am your host, Sarah Geiger. With me, as always, my producer, Brandon Cartwright. Hello, hello. And my engineer, Michael Scott. Hi. <laughs> I like the eye contact. <laughs> Remained continuous. On the couch with me today, I am so, so happy for today because I, I grew up watching you three in shows and it blows my mind. That I get to call you friends, and then I also get to have you on the show. Oh my god. Lauren Elizabeth, Vanessa Postel, Mark Alford. How are you doing? You're so good. You're oh, curious and so patient. Oh, oh my god. Hi. Oh, and Louis. Oh, it's a good day, I know. Thank you for having us. Oh my god, absolutely. Okay. As soon as I started a podcast, I was like, I need to get these three on at the same time. And I'm so glad that we have that. Now, I mean, Lauren, like, what don't you do in town? You are part of Tush Burlesque. You're an amazing dancer. You're an actress of all actresses. You're an MC of Tush and the Washington Center. You are in a cover band, Alice in Chains. You are Dr. Lauren. You are your own actress. Like, what? So I guess my question is, what brand of cocaine do you use to keep up with that? <laughs> oh, that I could afford cocaine. <laughs> with all of my spare time. I work as an administrator mm. to pay bills. What I don't do is uh, the city council, I guess. <laughs> like, I haven't decided to thrust myself on people in that way. Um, my art is my activism. And so it's um, not only how I release myself upon the masses without, <laughs> like, losing actual friends or damaging things in stores. <laughs> Um, uh, it's also my avocation, like it's what I've been called to do, mm-hmm. and I'm just super blessed. I have this very warm and receptive petri dish to really grow things in. Um, I don't often say no to my wacky ideas, which has been a positive. Oh my god, yeah. And um, <laughs> at times the opposite, but. I feel good about it, and Louis seems to like me, so yeah. you know, dogs always know. I love, I love you for so many reasons, and I love you because you are unabashedly yourself, which is so inspiring, both as a performer, but also as a citizen in the world. Um, but Vanessa and I were actually talking the other day about you. Stop it! Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we well, were. And we, <laughs> we were talking about you, and I had never been to a Dr. Lauren show. Oh. And we are going to go to the next Dr. Lauren show. The Dr. Lauren shows are so good. Uh, They're so good. I'm so excited. I have heard nothing but like glorious reviews. And we talked about why. And Vanessa made a very powerful point that I couldn't articulate. But she said, like, you're, you heal. That's what you do as a performer. And so what you do with Dr. Lauren is you entertain, you like bring us together in the room as one 
kind of entity. And then you heal. And that's what we need. And that's what you do. Thank you. I'm glad at least that part is working. I know I ramble at length as well. But that I realize is how I ensnare people in my web of charm. (laughs) My web of charm. Um, Dr. Lauren was one of those crazy ideas that was also wholly selfish. I was so tired of bad experiences working with people. Right. And I was like, you know what? If it's just me, I can only get pissed off at myself. Here I go. And then I immediately realized I needed help. Uh And I was like, well, then it'll be on my terms. And I started selecting people that were willing to A, try, Mm -hmm. and B, had a deep background of improv or like musical experience. Right. Those things kind of go for me hand in hand and mm-hmm. just like being able to ride the wave, you know, yeah. which is what I need. Because Dr. Lauren will get there eventually, but somebody has to like whip <laughs> the horse. Oh my God. Like the wagon will just go out. Okay, it'll be a seven hour show. It'll oh. be a Brechtian explosion. And I don't know if that's where we're at right now. So it's it's been hugely positive for me. That's awesome. I'm glad the community seems to respond. Oh, yeah. yeah. We benefit so much from what you do on stage. Thank you. We love you. Vanessa. Vanessa. Oh, my God. Here we go. (laughs) Strap yourself in. Here come the compliments. Vanessa, (laughs) I love you so much. You have been in my life for as long as I can remember being in the community (laughs) theater. Like, Like, my first show... In the in the theater at Olympia Little Theater, you were my stage manager, and that was you. Two thousand twelve. Oh my god! So, <laughs> my five years ago. <laughs> dang it! I have learned so much from you, both as watching you perform, being in shows with you. You're one of these like chameleon like talents <laughs> in the community because not only can you act, sing, and dance, you are a true definition of a triple threat. Thank but you, you have worked in every. <laughs> theater you've worked in every major yeah. every theater not even every major but every single theater mm-hmm. in even olympia yes. yeah <laughs> yeah even the little Just orphan ones inside. that we don't really want to you know that's very rude i take that immediately <laughs> back but it's okay You're, they can't hear me moving my hand But you've worked in every theater and you are an administrator. And one thing that I love about you, you are an artist, but you are very passionate about teaching the arts. You teach at YMCA, you teach, or you have taught at YMCA, you teach at Olympia Family Theater. You are passionate about being a producer. You have Galaxy Dance Company. This is what you do. And you are such a provision of art and light in our community. Thank you. And the midnight sun, you've kept the midnight Thank sun rocking. Oh this my whole gosh. Time. Don't even start. Don't even start. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, Sarah. I love it. Thanks Slated for saying those great it. things. Woo. It's so it's true. To, it's it this is really great right now as a experience and like thinking of that perspective. It's hard to like always remember that there's good happening when there's hard stuff. Thank you. The human stuff. And mm-hmm. the cocktail. That's a really good idea. The cocktail helps. Thank you. Oh my gosh. It's Gets really it good. Down. Good. I'm so glad the cocktail is good. Last week was so bad. But this week, so good. Last yeah. I think yeah. you're a great emblem of exactly what we need in this. To get on like the broader, more evergreen <laughs> perspective, which I know we can all relate on. Mm-hmm. Go yep, gooey ducks. We all went there. We all went to evergreen. Oh, we all went sorry. to evergreen. Yeah. God, I love that it's clearly a penis. I love that our mascot <laughs> is clearly a 
penis. <laughs> like a a six C penis that like you have to dig all the way down God. for, and then it'll like it takes years to become the penis. Then I get slow hangs, but it's a delicacy. <laughs> for it is they for those listeners. Speedy the sexy penis. <laughs> Upstairs, we'll bring him down here for part two. Guys, this is why after I graduated, all this marketing and my oh, really, oh, you didn't yeah. have the sick penis marketing. Yeah. For those like, listeners, yeah. for those listeners who do not know, we all went to the Evergreen State College, and our mascot was a gooey duck, <laughs> which is fine. But also, our <laughs> themes are are not our theme song. Our anthem was like spit it up, squirt it out, yeah. let it all hang out, which is clearly a penis. <laughs> clearly a penis. They were all in on the joke. They yeah. were like thinking about um, Santa Cruz, UC Santa Cruz, and how theirs is a banana yeah. club. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, how, do, how can we be more <laughs> there? What's more <laughs> out there? That is far out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> So we all went to Evergreen. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, not to get too Evergreen and abstract. That's yes. train of thought. Yeah, got yeah. back on, ran, caught up with it, Red, jumped yes. on. Now we're going to Wichita. So you, um, you, I think are just a great emblem in this community of exactly what we need, um, kind of right now in the country. I you really know? like to be a helper. Yeah. But then need... I'm also a performer. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, we experience with Lauren, with, with everyone, like, you uh, you can heal through that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so healing. It's catharsis. It is. It's. Yeah. Uh, it's. I man. love people and, and the artists. What isn't I theater? Can't, because of the type of person, <laughs> the empath, I can't not yes. do that or yes. I'll, I'll die. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm a very visual thing. <laughs> Vanessa, you're fantastic, and I love you. Yeah. And thank you for everything you've done for our community and continue to do for our community. You're welcome. Yay. Now, Mark. It'd be so funny if you said, and we have Mark. So my first question for all of you. I would never do that to you, Mark, because I think I've told you this before. But the first time I ever saw you in a show, I think I was a sophomore in high school, and you were in a bucket of blood. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, you were this demented, That's but, the name like, of a play, by the way. It's not a performance art piece I did where I stood <laughs> in a bucket of blood. He's very, very petite. Yeah. He right in. What does it mean, audience? You tell me! <laughs> And for the first 20 minutes, you're sitting with the audience, and then you get up. Anyone I was in bed the whole time. I wasn't waiting for a show. I was just making direct eye contact with people for an hour, freaking them out. I did, um, there's, oh I did, me and my friends did a, um, some shows in Canada on this Fringe Festival thing, and we, so you meet all kinds of performance mm. artists along there, and there was this guy mm. who had a show, and I don't remember what the show was called, but the subtitle was, I don't make art, I am art. God, yes. I hate you. Oh my I God. saw that oh show. Oh my God. I made sure we got tickets to see that show, yes. and it is one of the only things I remember about that whole summer, is the experience of seeing that amazing there it show. Is. Oh, was it good, or was it like too much theater? That's... 
Well, was it okay. too much art? Then it <laughs> turned out, and I didn't realize this when I bought the tickets, but when I went, it turned out he was a parody Oh, of this kind of yes. attitude. That's awesome. So it ended up really, really oh, being that's great. amazing. Yeah. But I his marketing was so effective, I thought it was <laughs> yeah. genuine. I am art. And I went yes. to see that's this guy. how you work it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I have seen, uh, I have seen my sh- fair share of those really mm-hmm. arty shows. And <laughs> I, I will often phrase it like this. Like, that was just too much art for me. As an artist, that was too much art. <laughs> art I, it's an art attack. <laughs> Yeah. So, Mark, getting back to you. So, I saw you in A Bucket of Blood, um, a show that Dow did, and they performed it at the Eagles Nightclub in downtown Olympia. Um, And you were this poetic, misunderstood, beatnik murderer. (laughs) One of those classic tropes. And, uh, you know... (laughs) And you were so good. You were so you were Aww. so convincing and you you were so convicted in everything and you committed to every obstacle and every and I just immediately fell in love. Aww, I was just like, you. oh my gosh. And then I saw you in a good night moon and I and I was like, I know that rabbit murders people. I know it. <laughs> I know that's a murderous little bunny bun. Mm-hmm. You're so great. You do so much. You used to be or are still in um sex pistols cover band and you um you're a local actor you're a seasoned improv professional just like the rest of you but oh my gosh you just bring such a joy to the theater community and i look forward to being in a production where you direct where you act where you stage manage anything just anything just has this beautiful zest in life to it that only you could add and thank, thank you so you. much for that. We totally benefit from that as a community. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. So sorry, you guys. Yes, you too. <laughs> <laughs> thank Good you, Sarah. Sarah. So nice yeah. Yeah. Yay. Thank oh, you all for joining God. us today. We'll see yeah. you next time. I'll be back next week. <laughs> well, okay. Now let's get on to the cocktail okay. that we've all had. Oh, oh that, <clears throat> did you eat the lime? Uh, no, no. I didn't. no, no. Okay. <laughs> what happened was, is he had put it on the coaster and Vanessa picked it up and put it in her glass as oh. like a tidying mechanism. <laughs> I shouldn't have put Mine's it on the coaster. Mine's here half off the coaster, half on the coffee table, and I've been reeling in white guilt <laughs> since she moved. And I should oh. say, I should say waspy guilt. That's more appropriate mm. since she did her lime maneuver. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, everybody is staring at that no, Lauren, I considered They're clocking that shit. You were, I was gonna grab it and then I thought, well, I don't wanna interrupt what we're talking you about. You are the Gaia mother of the world. <laughs> like, I don't she think... will clean up your lime shame. I was actually thinking about your lime actively. And <laughs> oh I was I was waiting for either the break or a lull to be like, Lauren, may I? So for those of you who aren't here, there's now an inch thick layer of lime on top of the ceiling on top of Vanessa's drink. The plus is that I wanted those. The plus for so me much. is that I was excited about I'm the lime. I'm glad we had the lime. <laughs> it was a good check-in so. game. <laughs> this is what teamwork looks like, no, folks. It's true. We're this is seasoned teammates. Uh, I was thinking that we are seasoned teammates. Uh-huh. Have you? Okay. Really quick before we get on, I guess so. Something wicked. Is that the first time you guys have worked together in an improv setting? In or an improv, improv setting. setting. 
Maze. <laughs> we improvised before we ever improvised as something wicked. We were in in our in attacking the darkest. Yes. We improvised, yes. but then we, and we quickly did. Yes, we did. Improvise on stage. Side but. note: Vanessa and I took part in a nearly all improv so mockumentary so that came out on DVD fairly recently. It's called Attacking the Darkness by Zombie Orpheus Entertainment. You so can we, find yeah. it on the webs. Uh, but it was one of those very Guffman style, like throw it in there, get an idea, go, go. So we had to navigate that together because of course you're not just improving. Yeah. You're, you're doing everything else. Yes. Yeah. I, I will speak more on this during plugs, get but it. I thought yeah. you were fantastic. There is yeah. listeners. I know I always say plugs at the end, but plugs need to happen when plugs need to happen. <laughs> you can't plan the plugs. You that shit. <laughs> There's this one amazing moment where it's just a tight close-up on Lauren Elizabeth's face, and she does this, it's, you can see every thought going through her eyes. It's incredible. When we it's get fantastic. to the time for the real plugs, I just want to comment on that. Okay. Lauren <laughs> <laughs> in general. Can we write that down? Moving on. We could talk forever, but. Yeah, but with me, yeah, I don't but know. But we have guys... some focused talking to do. Yeah. After, we, after we Vanessa did. goes, I also want to talk about that. Did you... <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. I don't know. This has been 374 hours to fall in love. <laughs> Thank you. Part yeah, like, nine. Like, like who's the guy with all the longings on channel nine? The longings. Burns. Ken Burns. Oh, Ken Burns. Ken Burns. What's a long? A long form documentary. You know, wanka wanka wah wah. Oh. History, history. Oh, well, a longy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a longy. A longy. Something I can't make it all the way through. Let's just be specific. <laughs> today um is called the love and springtime so uh it's it's um one part tanqueray gin one part tonic uh raspberry lemonade lime juice and lime garnish and then the sugared rim is sugar and orange peel zest so enjoy delicious thank you didn't make a virgin experience today but if you did just take out the gin you're fine okay (laughs) No. <laughs> if I'd taken the chin out of my college career, I might have had a more virgin experience. If we we've been talking about adding Michael and I have been talking oh, about yeah. like adding radio, like like whoa, whoa, whoa. Like but we're talking about like recording my voice and just adding that in. I think it's a great idea. I really encourage that. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. We'll, we'll add it in post. So, really quick. Um, moving on to um, 60 Minutes to Fall in Love. So, during this portion, we like to talk about the study by psychologist Arthur Aaron. There are 36 questions followed by four minutes of continuous eye contact where psychologist Arthur Aaron said um, would make two strangers fall in love. So, we I don't have time to go through all 36 with you today. And we will not do four minutes of eye contact because that is not good for a podcast. <laughs> Wait, it, he said this person created thirty six questions. You ask somebody, and then you stare at them. It's a fascinating. Yeah, and now you're in love. Fascinating. But that doesn't make any sense. Yes, it there's does. a Big Bang episode 
Watch it. Oh, there's a, there's big, a big bang. There's also and several medical articles <laughs> that you could read on this one, but I think start with the big bang. Start with the big bang, so and then go into the facts. <laughs> no, no so, it's fascinating, but the, the concept overridingly being that it's the commitment to the prolonged contact that actually So like you find creates. another person who's gonna do that with you, and you must have Not necessarily the willingness. It's a really it. forced, it's, it's you know, a, relationship. Because 99 people... Kismet. It's when you're like, oh, my bullshit took the day off, so I have four minutes to devote to being connected to this individual in the moment. I'm in love! It's, it's pretty straightforward, you know, when you're not... I'll let you do your job. <laughs> Dr. Lauren explains everything. I want that. Very not factually. There'll be a corrections corner next time. It's much longer than the actual It'll be like Fox, and then we'll just roll the credits of all oh the things we God. missed, and it goes on for two minutes. All right. Sorry about it. Sorry about it. LOL. Let's keep going. Um, so, okay, so I will ask you, I will ask you, I had two. One was kind of a gentler, more feely one, but I feel like we can, I feel like as a group, we can go into the deeper mm. one because mm. emotions don't scare me. Mm-mm. RuPaul. Yeah. Thank RuPaul you. Said that. Yeah. All right. Love so RuPaul. number 32 mm-hmm. of the 36 question. Oh, thank you. Is this a group answer? Is this an individual answer? Yes. We will answer individually yes. okay. and then discuss as a group. Okay. All right. Oh, I love it. So, I like it. <laughs> it's very evergreen. We're going to seminar. All right. Okay, okay, okay. So number 32. What, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? Um, do we want to go in any specific order? You start, You're Mark Alford. You start. Um, I think that... That's a delicate question for a lot of reasons. I think it. I, the, my first impulse is to be like, nothing's too serious to joke about. It's the way you make the joke. The only way I would amend that is to say, if you have an audience who is telling you, say it's a single person who's telling you they don't want you to joke about that, they're not wrong because they don't want to hear jokes about it. But my overall feeling other than things like that is that it's really the way you say the joke and make the exaggeration and who is getting the butt end of the joke. Mm that really matters, not so much like the subject it's about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not going to tell jokes that if somebody doesn't want to hear them or if I know people just don't want to hear that kind of joke, I will not do it. Right. And you're you're an intelligent improv performer. You can read an audience. That's one of your skills, is that sometimes people are so into their own work and so into their own mm-hmm. joke and it's running and they don't realize no one is paying attention. You know, but I've seen you perform many times with Something Wicked and other performances you've done, and you you pay attention. Thank you. You know, and I think that that helps with um, with this question. Anyone else want to comment? I want to unpack the word serious because I feel like that is a subjective term. So here's the thing, like I know as I, I don't do stand up, but if I were to say be putting together a stand up routine, my natural instinct would not be to be, say, Lisa Lampanelli, who's mm. going to only obliterate the room with epithets, 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 mm-hmm. until there's no space for you to be. Oh, how do I say this? I think what she's actually trying to do is like destroy all the constructs around the way we feel when we're called those things or the way we respond to that. And yet to me, it still feels like, ah, she's just doing shitty racist jokes. So I think Hmm. that 
because we all perceive things differently through whatever filter where we are at wherever we are like serious is tough because so small life story a couple months after 9-11 my ex was in back east in a uh, video store and made some offhand glib never forget joke and it was like somebody was like oh rambo four blah 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 blah. and he was like never forget right there was some guy in the store who had an fdny t-shirt on Mm -hmm. and lost his fucking mind because for him what he extrapolated from a comment that you know maybe if i have family that survived the holocaust would mean something very different to me He, in that moment, perceived through his filter a very serious tone to a joke that, yes, is relating to 9-11, but very indirectly. Mm -hmm. So what I say is, I read a room, but man, if it's outside of my scope, like if I know it's even bordering on some privilege I have or fucking like... Like, if I don't know about it, I'm not going to joke about it. And by no, I mean, yeah. that's not mine to touch. So I'm being gentle and working through it. And then if a situation or opportunity presents itself, I mean, man, if you set it up, I'm going to fucking knock it down. But I will do it with the best taste and touch that I can. Mm-hmm. Because the only thing that served me the most through my whole career is recognizing that everybody else has a different experience than me. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to hear my experience, but it's not right. And it's not the truth. It's my fucking experience. So I'll share it and I'll show you. And then we can maybe come together on some wavelength, right? Mm -hmm. But I I don't need to say it's not serious so I get to make this horrible joke. Mm. Because it's horrible to you, not to me. Does that make sense? Like, I think serious for me is the misnomer here. Like, Mm. well, is that, is appropriate? Yeah, like, who knows? Who judges? Thing? It's so subjective, right? Will you say it again? Please. <clears throat> what, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? Yeah. I My first thought is thinking that everyone is has a different um, perception and experience, so that's going to be very, that's going to be a varied answer. But yeah. I kind of, for my, to relate it to me and common <clears throat> jokes, hmm. mm-hmm. uh, kind of, what Lauren said is that if I'm not sure if that's going to offend somebody, I probably won't say it unless I'm like, sure. Like hanging out with you guys. I know your levels of comfort. Generally you're all my, I'm close to you. So I would know more specifically what not to joke about. What is serious? Like, like Mark knows very well, like don't make jokes, you know, about very specific things about me that he is not connected to. So he knows that about me. So generally, that's what I do, but that's kind of where we I are. Totally get that. Right, I would be right now. I'd be speaking from my like George Carlin. He mm. could own everything because he was just speaking his truth, and if it rubbed you, I always feel like he managed to like vroom, like pull the plane around every time in a way that would just make you think about it a little bit more. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, more so, so there was a an element of like a constant connection with the fact that we're all. We're all in this together, but we all energetically share the same universal space, right? So I shouldn't be stupid enough to think this is the only way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. We know better. 
I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think especially white dudes, God. have an attitude like my perspective is totally objective. And yes. Like, if you have a problem with it, you're being like, this is, you can joke about everything. I'm at this point where I'm ready to say that and I'm so advanced. And like, if you're, <laughs> you're not there yet, if you're offended by something I'm saying, instead of realizing that being a white dude is not objective, it's a, pers- perspe- it's a specific perspective yes. and everything is based from that perspective. So the, like what you're saying, the awareness that like, Okay, there's a whole world of things I that's not my joke to make, and if people are hurt by it, and I don't have their experience, then I'm gonna have the balls to tell them it's not, it's not, it's not offensive because laugh, you're... philistines, you know. Yeah. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. Yeah, I totally yeah. think you guys are saying. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And thank you for saying white guys. And then I <laughs> yeah. Seriously, last week we had um, Chocolate the Entertainer who came on. And I she, love chocolate! She, she was fabulous. And she straight up, so she has Boss Ass Witch, which is her own open mic that she hosts and provides, you know, women-centric media. But she was, she was, uh, she was talking about, you know, comedy is just all about white dudes and their dicks and <laughs> there are more things to talk about in the world what yes. <laughs> I wish they could see this the, the yes. dick motion you oh. Vanessa and I have spent many a minute backstage literally doing like waving our forearms down by our pelvis <laughs> at each cool. other and then sometimes like it'll get really big and you have to start like moving your whole nice. pelvis and both hands around it but yeah, yeah. You can't like clock the wanking. Oh my god! You can tell. You can tell. I don't know. Even Mark, you're a very, you're very smart, intelligent, aware man, and so I think you can also identify. But like women, women comedians, like we can, we're pretty attuned to like, oh, this is this is a dick fest. Here we go. There it is. There we go. That's the symbol. Yeah. There it is. I thought for a second it wasn't going to show up tonight. (laughs) There it is. I, for me, I always go back to the rule of thumb, punch up, don't punch down. Yep. You know, if you, I mean, for me, like I, I have a very hard time around rape jokes. Um, and I think because, uh, yep, that, that sound, I get that. I get that. And I feel that. And I think, um, if you like, for example, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler made a great one at the Emmys the second time they hosted and they made a joke about Bill Cosby. Yeah. And they made a joke about the rapist. Yeah. Though. They punched yeah. up. They yes. didn't punch down. Yes. You know, for me, like, rule of thumb, even if I don't really understand yeah. something, if I don't understand yep. maybe whatever, uh, like... Well, here's my thing. Do you need the rape joke? <laughs> yeah. Are you really hurting for that yeah. 30 seconds in your set that the rape joke was really filling? Like, I have this problem with, like, fucking Paul Verhoeven. Like... Quit raping women in your fucking movies. Here was my dream when VHS was a thing was to have a video store and everything would be coded with a tag. And if it had a blue tag, huh. there was a rape in it. So you God. knew to avoid it if that was going to trigger you. Rape of anything, anyone. Yeah. But like, here's the thing. I would love to hear a woman deal with her rape in a comedy set. Right. Yeah. I would love to hear that oh rape joke. That would I would awesome. love to hear her in a safe place coming through her shit mm-hmm. and dealing with that trauma through humor because I feel like oftentimes that is how we deal with it like the question about yeah. seriousness right we have to joke we have to joke or else we die mm-hmm. right. there is no antidote right. we so have true. to joke because it yeah. also allows us to open that reflex 
that's not just our bitter emotional hurt. Mm-hmm. Like when a joke hits you right, you can't do anything but laugh because <laughs> it was right, right? Yeah. <laughs> so oh my God. If, it's if so that true. fucked up and somebody can come right in there from their experience with the right foundation and really nail that fucking joke, oh, don't we all feel so much more cathirst? And, and as a community, we're in communion yes. laughing together, understanding, yes, that is insane. Yes. We're laughing yes. at the insanity right. of this policy. And if there's a fucking rapist in the room, he's not normalized and right. hearing yeah. everybody going, ah, no, no, no. He's hearing, oh, shit. I'm have, the joke. I have to yeah. think deeper into what I've actually done and not have it just offset with some glib remark. Right. Most people that make rape jokes are fucking <laughs> shitty white guy comics. Yep. Penis. Clapping their dicks in the wind. Penis horror. I'm gonna go yeah. from Mexican accent into big dirty rape joke. You know what? Yeah. Wow. Like, that's it. Good set, bro. I'll be at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Also, I'm sorry. Like, if I can't relate to you on a base human level, Thank then you. I'll relate to you on this. How fucking original, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. no one does that shit. <laughs> Everyone does that shit. Because it's easy. Damn it. Like, because you don't know about it. Yeah. It's easy right. to joke about what you don't know. Right. It's easy to put down what scares you as opposed to dealing with what's really happening and like facing your vulnerability. <gasps> Comedians being vulnerable. Ah. Was so, like so I'm 136 of the way in love with you all. Yes. Oh, <laughs> thank you. 136 and four minutes away. <laughs> so that was so great. I love the conversations that come from this and the people that I have on this just blow my mind. And part of the reason why I started this um, was because I just love spending time with my friends, but also learning from you. And so thank you. I learned a lot. And hopefully... Listeners, you too. Don't go away. We're going to be right back. We're going to take a quick break and then we come back. We're going to have three, count them three, short narrative improv vignettes based on our conversation that just happened. All right. Love you. Uh, Bye-bye. 